is helping him as well. And this week we have somebody that um, I have known for I think about three years, maybe four. And um, he was always this really quiet guy and hilariously funny. If he ever talked, he just didn't do much of that. And uh, I heard his testimony a couple of weeks ago, and I want you to hear it. So I'm going to have Mike Malat come up and give his testimony. Thanks for the intro. Um, I used to be the quiet guy, not as much anymore. Um, yeah, I'm Mike Malott. For those of you who don't know me, that's who I am. And uh, yeah, so basically I grew up in uh, a Christian household and um, my mom, my dad, my brother, aunts, uncles, my grandparents were missionaries in Africa. Uh, pretty much everyone around me in my life was Christian and I didn't know anything else but that. And so growing up, I just kind of was Christian because of that. You know, that's what I, I felt. That's what I thought. And uh, I just didn't, I didn't know that it was about relationship. I thought it was just about doing the right thing and uh, rules, pretty much. So I grew up, uh, I went to the school here for kindergarten uh, through 12th grade. And uh, that was uh, an amazing experience, just be able to be in a, a private school and, and get a really good education. But uh, it also kind of kind of scarred me in a way um, just because it ingrained even more in, into me that Christianity was about rules and uh, doing what was right and, you know, not really about a relationship. You know, going to Bible class, I heard all the stories and, you know, I could, I had memorized Bible verses. You know, it was just more of a routine thing instead of relationship. And uh, going through uh, all that kind of it made me have a, put a wall up to kind of who I was because when you're in that kind of thing about rules and, and you, if you break one, it's like judgment is just like raining down on you. And it's, it's an unfortunate thing, but that's kind of how the, the Christian community uh, has been known for that and the wrong reasons. And uh, so I put up these walls and I wouldn't let people know who I was or what I was thinking or what I was feeling. Uh, even my best friends, you know, they didn't know that I was broken inside. They didn't know what I thought or, or felt. Um, and that kind of stemmed from just growing up in my house. It was a pretty quiet house. My dad didn't really talk that much. And, uh, I mean, he loved me. He would do things for me that show me, showed me he, that he loved me, but he wasn't really emotionally there for me. And uh, the... Like, that kind of caused me to, like, close off even more and not really think that, like, I don't really have feelings or they didn't matter. But uh, when, um, when I kind of started kind of coming around to church more and, and just, like, I was kind of living, you know, life and not really just trying to not break rules. Well, when you're just trying to not break rules, you're going to break every rule because... You know, that's just how it goes, you know? And uh, so coming out of high school, I didn't really have a plan or really anything. All my friends were like, oh, I'm going to go to this college or I'm going to go get this degree. And I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know uh, what I was good at. You know, I didn't really have a very, you know, self-confidence or anything. 
And uh, so I kind of lived from 18 to 25, you know, in that just, I don't know who I am. I'm just trying things out to, you know, make myself feel better or, you know, fill time or, or whatever. And I was always doing things and I would do things and then, like, I would be known for that things. Like, I would ride my bike a bunch and I'd be known as the guy who ri rode his bike. And it's like, that's not who I am. That's what I do. And uh, so it just, it was super confusing. And uh, then just like kind of came back and I mean, I went through just a phase where I would just kind of drink and uh, do whatever. And, um, you know, that's just so empty. And it was just, you know, luckily I just realized it super fast that it was like, this is dumb. Why am I doing this, you know, every night and just like numbing out my feelings. And I mean, at that point I was like, do I even have feelings like to numb out? And uh, so it came back to what was Epic Life. It was called Identic when it first started, and uh, way back in the day. <laughs> and uh, I, I was still that person that I, I had walls up. I didn't know like how to express who I was to people, and uh, like that, like came across as being really quiet. And I was really quiet because. I wasn't confident in who I was to be able to say, you know, who I was. Like, I couldn't stand on anything, so how am I supposed to be confident on nothing? Um, but, like, I kind of went a couple years, and, like, I kind of resisted change and resisted, you know, people talking into my life. So, like, you know, you could ask Eric Waterbury, you know, how many talks we've had and how many times I've listened to his talks and not really listened to his talks. You know, the same thing about Eric Knopf. And then just one day I kind of came to a point and um, had a really good friend that just really was helping push me to, to be a better person. And I kind of got to a point where it was just like, like, all right, I'm on my knees, Lord. Like, I, something's got to change and uh, I got to do something different because everything I'm trying, it, you know, just sucks. Um, so a couple years ago, I heard about Christ Life. Uh, it's this program. If you haven't heard about it, uh, you should really figure out what it is and do it because it's amazing. But uh, the first time I heard about it, I was like, you know, this thing's not for me. Like, I don't need to uh, go through my life and write out my emotions and what I'm feeling about certain things. Like, that's, you know, that's not guy stuff. That's like sissy stuff. <laughs> and which is totally opposite because it's totally guy stuff and totally getting in connection with who you are. And so the first time it came around, I was kind of like, you know, that's dumb, you know, I, d I don't need that. And then just like kind of I came to that point where it was like, all right, God, anything. And then an opportunity came up to do it again. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll try it. You know, I'll try anything. And so I, I started Christ Life, and I went, went through that, and it was amazing. And at the same time, I, I kind of was at, on my knees again, and I, got, I, I had an opportunity to meet with a Christian counselor and kind of walk through some of the stuff in my life and and it was just really uh, like wholesome like to be in that kind of environment uh, with a Christian counselor to talk things out and just be able to kind of get things out that was in my head you know and you know she would ask me the right questions when I felt like I couldn't even ask myself any questions to figure out who I was and so if you ever have an opportunity to do that uh, ask me afterwards and I'll give you her name she's amazing but uh, back to Christ Life. So going through that program, Christ Life, 
I never really thought that, you know, a whole lot of stuff happened in my life that was, like, major or, or you know, life-changing or anything. But it was just, like, the little things in life, the little lies that I told myself uh, growing up, the, the walls that I put up. And the biggest thing was I lied to myself so much growing up, and I learned how to lie really good to cover things up so that I wouldn't get in trouble, so that people wouldn't judge me growing up, that I had so many lies that I had told myself that I believed the, the, all these lies. And going through Christ's life really helped me to, to break down these lies of, you know, who I was, uh, who God says I am. And uh, one of the, the weeks in Christ's life, kind of towards the end, um, God really kind of spoke <clears throat> just value over my life and just a value of, what I thought and what I felt mattered. And uh, he kind of spoke that over me, and I was like, man, like, that's amazing because, like, I actually have something to value. Like, I didn't value myself, and so I never talked to anybody about it because I didn't value it. So ever since I, you know, I kind of had that, you know, da-da moment, uh, <laughs> like, it's just been life-changing to me to be able to, to share with other people, I would never get up here and tell my testimony before. Just don't even ask, you know, don't even bring it up. But it's just like, like I value so much, like what God has brought me through, what, um, what he's stirred in me that like I can share it openly and be confident in it and really have a confidence uh, based on God's value of my life. And, uh, and it, another thing, this happened to me a couple of weeks ago. So right as Christ's life ended, on this Christ's life high, and just on a God high, and it, and it kind of started, I mean, it's still there, but then I started getting, like, attacks. Like, I got a cold for two weeks, and I had this horrible cough, and then I get poison oak at a, at a job, and it's just like, like, this is miserable. I don't know if you've ever had poison oak, but don't get it, because <laughs> it's, it's horrible. So I'm just like, all right, God, like, what's up with this? Like, why do I have a cold and poison oak? And I'm, like, trying to find the good in it, trying to, I don't know, like, figure it out. Because I'm just like, there's got to be some reason I have poison oak. And God was just kind of like, all right, Mike, you want the answer? Like, here, take this analogy. I was like, all right, it's cool. And uh, so poison oak is, like, really itchy. Like, really. And it feels good to scratch it. (laughs) Really good. (laughs) The problem is, when you scratch it, it spreads. It spreads everywhere. And God was like, all right, Mike, like, I'm kind of like that poison oak. Like, like the more you scratch at me, the more I'm going to get everywhere. The more you, you seek after me, the more you, you dive into me. Like, I'm going to spread to all these other areas in your life. Like, I'm going to go places you don't want me to go. And... <laughs> and it's like... Like, you want God to, to do that because it's like, like when God in, in, infiltrates every area of your life, like, it's, it's amazing. So, I don't know, that's just kind of my two cents and who I am. So, thank you. So, if you're here tonight and you've always been a good church boy or a good church girl, and uh, maybe you weren't so great, but you lied a lot. Whatever your story is, doesn't matter what your background is. God so loves you, and he's here to transform your life. 
And tonight, we're going to hear from Eugene Clark. <laughs> Come on up. Uh, how many of you have never heard Eugene Clark speak? Okay, well, you're in for a treat. <laughs> so. I was just about to get this. Thank you. Let me pray over you right quick. God, thanks for this man. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in his life and in his heart. Thank you for the anointing that's on his life through the choices that he's made. And, Father, we just pray that you would transform lives tonight as you speak through him. Amen. Amen. All right. Oh, you got one. <laughs> Thank you. How are you guys doing? I think it's not that sturdy. I don't know how to lock it. Hmm. I know, I need an iPad. A Samsung Galaxy, one of the two. Okay. I'm just going to do this. Don't be so distracted from the amazing picture of me and Ange. Anyway, so... I wanted to start off and just have you guys give a round of applause for yourselves. Can we just do that? Come on, you guys. I want you guys to applaud like the Kings made to the playoffs. Woo! Yes. Honestly, I love it here. And if you guys, for any of you well-seasoned Epic Life veterans, you know that Epic Life now and Epic Life a year ago are probably look like two totally different Epic Lives. But it's not because God was like, oh, let me just decide. Like, God didn't just decide to just show up. You know what I mean? Like, God's always been here. But it's because of so many personal breakthroughs that all you guys are having. And so many of you guys are just releasing God. Like, my prayer used to be like, God, like, I just want to do big things for the kingdom. I just want to do big things for you. But God said, stop. All you got to do is just let me come out of you. And that's exactly what you guys have been doing. In Matthew, I was reading, it says, uh, uh, and this is Jesus talking, and he said, whoever receives you receives me. And that's exactly what you guys have been doing. Um, I mean, Eric Knopf is like, I mean, he's a visionary. He's like one of the biggest dreamers I know. Like, he articulates God's uh, words so well. But Eric Knopf, one man, isn't responsible for all that which you guys have been doing and just the release of God here. One man can't do that alone. Ask Kobe Bryant. Sorry to you Laker fans, but... It's what of all you guys have just been putting in. And so it just makes it so exciting just to show up. Like, I've never been so excited just to show up to someplace every Thursday. So I congratulate all of you guys. So I just wanted to start it off with that. Um, so tonight, let's dive into some stuff. Um, I wanted to talk about choices. And, like, every day, because every day we're faced with choices, Right? And these are choices that either affect our present, our future, or our destiny. And I used to be the guy that would, like, look back at my past and just be like, dang, man, there's 
just so much mess up. Like, I, I wish I would have did that situation a lot differently. Or I will, uh, I'll become, like, I'll come up to a situation and be faced with a situation and then end up looking back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I fail every time. And then eventually I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to just throw in the towel. But you guys, like, God's, the reason why Jesus came to the cross and the reason why God sent Jesus was to draw us near. It wasn't to throw in the towel. Last time I spoke, I talked about all of us being like one body of Christ. And scripture says we're all one body of Christ. So I want you guys to like imagine us as like one band, just like the worship band was up here and all of us are playing an individual instrument. Um, if you were asked Aaron or uh, if, you, if you guys were to ask the worship leaders, they would tell you, you ask them, hey, have you guys ever messed up on stage? They could probably tell you a hundred times that they have probably messed up, but we don't see it because what they do is they just keep and just go ahead and get back on beat. They don't just throw the guitar down or just run off stage or anything like that. And that's what God's heart is for us. Like he wants us to keep playing and to keep going. And if whatever, we, we mess up, let's go and pray. And like what they probably do is in practice, Go practice, hey, where do I mess up? Let me go ahead and tweak this so that next time this just doesn't happen. And that's just where, like, I want us to get just as a generation. Are we doing okay? All right. So first off, I'm really excited about this. Right. Um, I want to talk about full truth. And that's just kind of what we've been diving into a lot. If you guys were here when Dwayne spoke or when, when Sean spoke, is just we've really been diving into full truth. And in Adam and Eve, uh, like what Dwayne was saying was, uh, it wasn't a disobedience thing, it was more so a love thing. Because scripture says, um, if you love me, you obey my commandments. So it was a total love issue there, but that's not really how the story gets articulated, or it wasn't really articulated to us ever like that way. And when Sean Lawrence came up and he spoke, and it wasn't that, you know, like God just like kicked them out of the Garden of Eden, but it was just that like he put them out of it so that they, and guarded them from the tree of life so they won't forever be in that fallen state. And so anytime that we, and that's like just the full truth, but oftentimes like we only get half the truth and it's like half the, the picture and so it only gives us like a glass that's only like half full, right? But like, I want us to like become a generation where it's like, we're tired of just not, tired of just the, the half, like I want the full, like I want the whole thing. And God has a purpose for everything. What kind of like frustrates me the most is when we have Christians who like, you, you ask them like, you know, they'll, they'll tell you like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm abstaining from sex and I do not drink. That's good. So why? Well, because God says it's, it, 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 it's in the Bible. Well, why does God say it? I don't know. He just, he just says it. You don't know? You know, it's like, you guys, like, there's a purpose for everything. And then once, so if we just get to that, like, oh, well, that's just what it says. You know, like, we kind of get, like, Michael Lott was saying, it's just like, Okay, well, these are just the rules. I have to follow the rules, but what do we end up doing? We end up breaking them because rules are more like, you know, like parents like to give rules. And so what it does is it puts us into a childlike mode, like, well, 
I get rules, I just want to break them, you know. And so to certain areas, like, like a reason why, like, I, I, I brought up, like, sex and getting drunk is, like, these are two things that I really struggled with in my past and that, honestly, like, I didn't fully understand. I was just trying to just, you know, be, you know, a, a, a good Christian, just follow the rules. But I crashed and burned every time because I didn't understand why, why God put this in. And, but through reading scripture and just talking to you guys, like, stuff just totally makes sense. Um, if we look into uh, Genesis, what does it say? It says, you know, like, when a husband and a wife come together and create one flesh. Like, sex is, like, the highest form of physical touch there is. There's no hug or high five or dap that I can give anybody that's going to be a greater or a kiss or anything that like is going to be greater than sex and with something that great there's going to be a physical attachment behind it that physical attachment that God created for a man and a wife but what's happening a lot like in our generation is that we have um, like girlfriends and boyfriends that are you know, like, we're, we're, we're putting all of our eggs into this basket of a girlfriend and a boyfriend, but then it's just like, they, like, we could just break up any moment, and then, like, everything that I just put in is now shattered, you know? And that's why God set it up for a man and a wife. Now, you might be saying, well, Eugene, well, what about divorce? You know, like, divorce rates are like, I don't know, what is it, like, close to 50%, if not 50? Well, when we seek full truth, we become whole ourselves like the whole picture and as I'm becoming whole I am then looking for a spouse who is then also whole and once we get two whole people with God at the center divorce remorse you know what I mean like if we're like so it's not something that I'm worried about I'm just so focused on that God like I just got to be God led so that all this other crap that is going on in the world that doesn't that's not my reality and if we look at any type of, um, any type of STD or, I mean, we could, it's, you know, up to debate about AIDS. But, I mean, every, like, all those things were created outside of God's plan. Like, all those things were taken and created outside of what God said. Now, you might be saying, like, well, Eugene, like, sex is everywhere now. You know, like, everybody's doing, you got to be crazy to think that I'm going to stay celibate until I get married. <laughs> Well, if you think that, obviously you haven't talked to a lot of people here. And what it is is that you are going to be whatever you focus on. And it's not that, like, any of us are like, oh, like, I'm just, like, not, not a sexual being or I'm, I'm, I'm just not. No, like, my prayer is never, like, God, take away my, these sexual urges. It's more like, God, like, give me the strength to manage them. And... It's all really about what I focus my mind on. You know what I mean? Like if I have and I sit there and I dwell on old memories, if I sit there and dwell on old thoughts, it's then going to make me want to react in a certain way. So what I do is like Romans 12, 2, I renew my mind so I don't focus on those things so that my body doesn't react in a certain way. Therefore, I make better choices. And another thing on, on just uh, drunkenness, I mean like, it's been, like, clearly documented that, like, people make bad choices when they're drunk. I made some terrible choices, some, like, just flat-out 
really bad choices. And so it's not that God's like this like evil commander saying this, but it's just like whenever we drink, we open up like a, a vessel and, and it's like we let demonic thoughts and we let things in there. But what's happening is that like we're becoming a generation that's just like so dependent on alcohol to have fun. And it's like then they look at, you know, like Christians like, oh, well, it sucks that you guys, you guys can't drink, you know, or you guys, you guys can't get drunk. Well, it's not that I can't, but it's more so I don't want to, you know. And it's more so as like, because... For myself, like, I just depended on it to have fun for so long. A lot of you guys know my testimony. But then I look at the year that I decided to be sober, and then I look at the year that I, uh, that I was just pretty much drinking the whole year. Two totally different years. It was, I mean, I started making so much better decisions and better choice making after I decided to take this out of, like, out of my life completely. And I spent exactly that entire year just learning how to have, have fun without it. So it's not that I can't do it, it's that I don't need it. You know what I mean? All I need is just some good music, and I'll hit that James Brown on you like, uh, why? So I just want us to get into a place where, like, <laughs> like let's embrace full truth because God has a purpose for everything. It's not just he's, he's just this like evil mad father up there like giving down commandments and things not to do. There's a purpose behind, behind everything. A lot of this stuff that was in um, uh, like it, it's, it's a lot of protection stuff that he wants to protect us from so that he can draw us near. That's truly God's heart for us. And next thing I want to talk about is uh, epic life. And, and just church, and you guys might hear me talk a lot about Epic, but it, this is just honestly like, I've never been a part of anything that was so God-driven. So you, you can incorporate with me talking about Epic Life just because, I mean, it's just such a, a God-driven thing that like, I've just never, ever been a part of. Um, but like, I want to ask you guys, like, how, how do you guys come in here? Because granted, like, there's been a whole lot of personal breakthroughs going on, like a whole lot. But then there's also some that, you know, just sitting there, just twiddling our thumbs, you know what I mean? we struggling with the same thing for like five, six years now, like, and just not taking advantage of what we have here now. I mean, like, I have like a whole room, like, I, like I'm, I was tempted to like just have you guys come up here. There's just so much room out here, like, we have such like this amazing facility to just worship God, and just even, like, in, like, the United States, like, we could go out and preach God's name freely. We could go to Starbucks and talk about God freely. You know, like, we have these freedoms to do things. Back in the biblical days, it wasn't so much like that. Christians would go to towns, and people would then get saved, and, but if you got saved back in, in those days, what would happen is, I mean, you probably lost your job, you lost your house, all you have now is God and that community of Christians that was traveling with you. you. You lost everything. Like, we don't have that. Like, that, we don't have that persecution now. But what that creates for us is that sometimes we take um, a facility like this or something like Epic for granted when we need to be taking advantage. Hello? <laughs> we need to not be taking this for granted, but take advantage of it. In Matthew uh, 13, um, 13, 19, I hope we have it up here on the board. Yes. 
It says, when anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away uh, what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. And I brought this up because you guys, like, when we, like, come up here, like, it does a lot for me when I come in here and we have a speaker up here and I'm taking notes. Like, granted, like, a speaker's going to say some things and I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to remember them. But if I'm taking notes, my spirit's like, oh, that's good, Eugene. Put that down. Oh, man, that's good. Put that down. Oh, oh, that's, you needed that one. <laughs> you, you need, that's the reason why you're here, for, for, for that one. And then I could take all that truth, right, and I take it home and then I implant it into my heart. And so I can understand it, so then I can then apply it to my life, and I can also articulate it out to the world, articulate it to you guys, articulate it to everybody. And so we need to get to a place where, like, we're not just sitting here, but we're actually taking notes, that we're, we're actually engaging, we're, 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 we're talking to people, like, if whatever area of junk that you have, and you see somebody here that has freedom in that, hook up. Start talking, start engaging so we can get into like a community where we build each other up. I don't think you guys fully understand. Okay. I got an example. <laughs> so check this out. When I was in probably no more than fourth grade, you guys are going to, you guys are fully understand this, yeah. I was in fourth grade. I was really big on sharpening pencils. I love sharpening pencils. <laughs> I used to have like the, the, the little ones with the clear dome and I would just twist it and all the shavings would, would go into it, you know. So eventually though, like my mom invested in an electric pencil sharpener. I say invested, that's really showing my age because back then they were kind of expensive. So I get this pencil sharpener and I'm like, and she gave me a pack of pencils unsharpened. So like I'm just all night. I just, I love, and I would always use it, like, so small. I can't do that anymore. My, my hand starts hurting. But, like, I used to use, like, just, like, I'd get it to, like, the last piece of lead, and I would just write paragraphs. Anyway, so one day I changed my room around, and so the next day I, I pushed in the, the, the pencil sharpener, and don't work. I'm like, what the heck? I'm, I'm, I'm slapping it. I'm, I'm, I'm opening it. it it's, it's just not working. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So... Later that night, I put the pencil in, comes on. I'm like, man, what the heck? And this happened for like a whole week. So then like my mom comes, and she's like, hey, Eugene, how are you enjoying that uh, pencil sharp? I'm like, oh, it's all right, but it, don't, it only works at night. <laughs> only works at night. I'm like, hey, go check it out for yourself. Like I promise you, you put a pencil in right now, it's not going to work. Come, come, come nightfall. <laughs> so she, she goes and I'm sitting there in the living room. I'm like, all right, watch, watch. And she comes in like, yeah, like, like that face like, okay. <laughs> what had happened was, you guys probably already know this, but I had the pencil sharpener plugged into an extension cord that was plugged into the plug in the wall that is controlled by the light switch. I obviously, and that <laughs> extension cord was also attached to the lamp. So I only turned the switch on at night so I could see. When this power is off, the pencil sharpener is off too. 
But do you see what I'm saying? Like, I was like, ah, oh, the pencil sharp is okay, but it only works at night. But that's how, don't we look at church a lot of times? It's like, oh, well, it's okay. Or how's that? We're like, oh, it's okay. Well, it's because we're not fully diving in. We're not enjoying everything that, like, God he has here for us. And there's just so much truth spoken here in my life that just helps me get over a lot of the crap that I have. And a lot of the people and testimonies here that you guys have been sharing that have been like, like, oh my gosh, like, I need to hook up with him, or I need to start calling him, or look, like, it's just, it, it, it's mind-blowing. When Dwayne spoke uh, here, and then Roman spoke, like, it was just, like, truth overload. Like, I had to go on, like, Sunday and just, like, okay, God, like, I got to get all stuff in my heart. Like, you, you really did a number th- th- this week. But that's just what, like, I, I want us to get to just fully dive in, just fully get plugged into here. And then you'll start seeing results, and you'll have like a totally different outlook on this or whatever church you go to. I only pump up Epic, like I said, just because I like I, I know the nitty gritty, and I know it's just totally God driven. So, okay. Next thing I wanted to get on is gender roles, and just like how like Mike was saying, it's like as guys. I mean, this is even scriptural. Like, as men, we're called to be courageous. We're called to be strong. We're called uh, to have confidence, to be outgoing. But how society uh, uh, gives a, like, the picture of a man is, like, not to ever show emotions. Like, those are only for women. Only, only women show um, emotions. And we're never supposed to totally be transparent with just how we feel or anything, like, emotionally that we might be feeling. But, you guys, that's so much a lie. Because whatever we're going to keep in the dark or however we feel about a certain place, it's only going to grow uglier. It's only going to grow, uh, it's going to get moldy. It's just going to grow bigger. And then once we finally decide to get out, we see how ugly this thing is. And we bring it to God, like, God, look how ugly this thing is that I just totally ignored. And God's like, because God's such a good God, he's like, well, let's clean this thing up together. Or how about you just kick that thing out and let's just go ahead and replace a new one. That's why I think, I don't know if you guys know who, who Roman is, but he's like this huge Romanian guy. And I mean, like, just how outgoing he is, how confident he is, like, like in, in, in himself is like, like truly like, like a manly man. You know what I mean? Like he likes swords and he does the tough mutter, rudder, whatever that thing is. What is it called? Tough, tough mutter. But the thing about him is, is that, like, if you ask him, you know, hey, what are you, what are you afraid of? He'll openly tell you. you. And with a group of friends that he keeps um, around him, he's totally vulnerable with them. Totally vulnerable, which is totally outside of what society says what manly men should do. But as we see with Mike, as we see with Roman, once we start, once we stop with these like, oh, this is how society says I'm supposed to act, and this is, and get ourselves truly lined up with like getting this crap out of here, we start letting go of those general rules. But that is a choice that we have to make. Sticking with what God says, you know, like being like the priesthood. And like, honestly, like I'm, I'm about to get married in July, and so like, yeah. And, like, I'm about to be over, like, the finances and, you know, different things with the household and getting the household and stuff together, you know, which is, like, totally crazy. But I know that's what God set me in. And also then to be, also, I mean, 
because Angela's an emotional being, you know, and that's what most women are. So it's like, <laughs> when, when we, and, and that's why I feel like God's put men and, and women together because it's such an opposite side of the spectrum, but there needs to be an intertwine with, with, with what men bring and what women bring into the equation. One more thing is just with, um, with logic. Like, a lot of us guys, we're, we're just like, okay, this has to make sense. Or we just have to make sense. Or like, oh, I need like a Pacific, Pacific, <laughs> specific, I do that all the time, a specific formula for how things work. But you guys, like, like I said, like with Matthew 19, like we need to understand the truth. But God's going to start doing miracles and he's going to start doing healings and things that just do not make sense. They're not logical. Doesn't make sense at all. Or like how uh, like people are having so many breakthroughs so quickly. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, you got over all of that so quickly? Like, I just teamed up with God. Like, I can't really take credit. It was, just, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was just a total God thing. Stuff like that doesn't make sense. And we need to let go of our logic and just start lining up with God's truth. And so I wanted to, uh, but that's a total choice that us guys, like, we need to make. Now, I asked Ange, I was like, hey, you know, like, how does God play in, like, women and emotions and things like that? And she explained to me, like, that is, that's really good. That would sound a whole lot better coming from you. So if you guys could give a round of applause, my beautiful fiance, Angela. So when Eugene asked me to speak a little bit about emotions, I wasn't too surprised. He says I'm pretty emotional, but I like to joke around with him and tell him uh, he has it pretty good. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> so God created us women to be emotional. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, in fact, emotions play a really immense role in empathizing with people. A lot of times when I'm up here at the front praying, um, the Holy Spirit just stirs in me and unravels all of these emotions that I, I can't explain, but it's just such an overwhelming sense of joy that I just start crying. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I embrace it. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. And as women, we are emotional. However, God may have designed us this way, but it doesn't give us an excuse for our emotions to run all haywire. And um, how we feel is a result of what we're dwelling on in our minds. And when we are able to manage our thoughts, we are also able to manage our emotions. And... Um, I've just learned for myself that you can't be overrun. You can't be so overrun with your emotions that you're not leaving room for the Holy Spirit to do his work in you. That you're just, you're so caught up in how you're feeling that you're, you're overriding the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Um, so ask yourself, are your thoughts lining up with the truth? When your mind dwells on good things, God things, that's when you see the fruit of peace and you see the promise of joy that, that God has for you. But when you dwell on the bad things, that's when, when you dwell on those lies that the enemy puts in your head, 
that's when that, those bad thoughts come in you, and those, that's when those bad feelings come to you. So it's, it's redirecting the Lord and putting him in his place um, so that your emotions aren't ruling you, that the Lord is ruling your heart and not your emotions. Um, when we start to let our emotions dictate how we feel about our circumstances, we have to find the root. There's always a root to that. And I just wanted to give you guys some examples of that. Let's just say um, you're, having, you're feeling really crummy. You walked into work, and one of your coworkers said something that just took a stab to your character. Well, that's an identity issue, and you need to address it. You need to remind yourself that you are a daughter or a son, that he loves you deeply, and that the enemy has no power over you or your thoughts. Um, Paul said in Romans, the God of peace, our God, will soon crush Satan under your feet. Your feet. So just imagine that. Like, what a sight that would be to see, like, Satan under your feet. I have another example for you. So you've had a dream, and all you can dwell on is the impossibility of it. And you feel worthless, you feel powerless because it's such a big dream that you don't even feel like it's even possible. But you have to remind yourself, like, who your father is. Who is your father? He's the same person that put that dream inside of you. And he's going to equip you and he's going to give you everything that you possibly need to fulfill that dream. Don't let it die. He put it in you for a purpose and for a plan. Um... It's really easy for us to just have the tunnel vision version of what our lives are mapped out, but God sees the bigger picture. He sees what we can't even imagine. Like, we, we don't see what he sees. Um, so I just encourage you with this, um, and I declare these things over myself, that God loves you. He has a purpose for you. He designed you for a purpose. You have a a plan, like God designed you and made a plan specifically for you. Um, you have authority. So speak and declare peace over yourself, over your mind, your thoughts, your emotions. And you have to speak that in confidence because all of that is true. So next time you're feeling alone, you're feeling sad, and you're just like, I just feel so lonely. Like, Thank God in that moment because when you accepted Christ, you received the Holy Spirit, which lives in you. Therefore, you're never alone. So, and God is an omnipresent being. So when he's comforting me, he's comforting you, and he's comforting you, and he's comforting you all at the same time. So choose to dwell on that. You see, I'm why well, I'm about to marry her. All right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so lastly, just to wrap this up tonight, um, I know Eric's going to love this, but uh, I wanted to touch on time management. <laughs> yeah. And, like, truly, like, 
what are you investing your time in? Whatever you're investing your time in is whatever you're, you're, you're choosing to invest your time in. Me and Sean Lawrence were talking today, and he gave me a quote that said, uh, actions show priorities. That's a really short but really powerful quote. Um, I'll just assume that while you guys are just so shocked that you guys just, oh, man, I was just speechless. Um, but seriously, like, wherever we're putting most of our time is what we're making a priority. But sometimes where we're putting our most time isn't where we want to put our most time. But for some reason that we are. But once we become, you know what I mean, like, really goal-driven and dream-driven, it's like, we start writing, like, start writing down those goals, those dreams that you have, things that you want to accomplish. And so then you start working with a calendar and start putting those things in your calendar so you can start achieving those goals. Being on uh, leadership here is, has just been, like, above and beyond anything that I've ever been a part of. It's because, like, at, like, what they're doing is, like, we're getting brought up and being built up spiritually. But not only that, but we're being... Uh, brought up as just mature adults because the practical of just, you know, utilizing and just time management affects the spiritual. So you can have all these spiritual breakthroughs and people are like, hey, let's meet up for coffee. Hey, let's, let's do this or hey, let's do this. But if you have no calendar, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not writing things down, if you're not um, mainly calendaring and making sure that like these things are put— you're going to start flaking on people and forgetting things. And I even have to, like, I have to put every solid, everything that I'm doing inside of the calendar or I'm just going to forget. And I failed last time that I was, uh, I was supposed to meet up with, um, with, with, with Austin. It was one of those things where I was just like, oh, no, dude, I'll, I'll just remember. And I'm sitting there laying there, and he's like, dude, where are you? I'm like, oh, my gosh. So it's like we really have to own up and really start— and, what, however you want to use or how, I use a calendar on, on my phone. It's great. There's alerts, just like a text message. Whatever you decide to use, like, please use it because we need to be a generation of, like, mature adults. Like, we're growing spiritually, but let's also grow maturely. And I've just noticed just in where I've been and how much time I've just been investing into different things. When uh, I decided, I had struggled with school for so long. It's just, I just, just kind of went to class just because school was just, I just thought it was just a thing to do. Like, you just, you just go to school. But I just wasn't, I wasn't focused. I wasn't studying. And it eventually just clicked, like, wh however much time that I put in is the result that I'm going to get. And so then I just started putting a whole bunch of time into studying. And I just started passing science classes. Classes that, like, were, like, way beyond what I thought my brain was capable of. In my relationship with um, Ange, we had for a long time, I mean, because July will be three years. Are you guys thinking, like, that's, that's a long time, especially for, like, a Christian relationship. Anyway, <laughs> but, it's, but it's because I coasted in our relationship, and I was just kind of here, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're in a good, a good relationship. But once I started investing time into, like, okay, what is it going to take to get us onto the path of marriage, onto the path of engagement. And I started making that my priority. Once that started happening, that's when things started speeding up. And then, bam, all of a sudden I'm proposing. Bam, now all of a sudden in July I'm getting married. Like, I'm getting married. Like, <laughs> Eugene. And so 
that's pretty much what I had for you guys tonight, is just, like, you guys, like, God is here for us, and I, I don't know, this is where I mentioned, have the band come up, um, <laughs> but it's really just about us making choices, and God is such a good God, and I don't know everything. Waterbury doesn't know everything. Lawrence is really smart, but he doesn't know everything. But we're plugged into a God that does. You know what I mean? And like the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you and tell you. We just got to spend time with God. And that's the biggest thing, just like Michael and I was saying. Like, I never knew that it was about relationship. That just dawned on me about two, two years ago. It was just like, wow. Like, I always heard that like, oh, I know God wants to get to know me. But like, it's truly about the relationship over all things. I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm not, you know, I mean, like a pastor. I'm just a guy that did, made some really bad choices, teamed up with God, teamed up with a lot of people here, and just started making some better ones. That's pretty much it, you guys. Like, so I'll go ahead and let the band come up, and I thank you guys for this time, and, uh, you guys are great. I love you guys. Thank you. Hey, that was two for one. Give Angela a hand, too. I've had the absolute joy of being a part of that relationship when it wasn't great and watching it become what it, what it is today. And I can't tell you how much it means just to see people make really powerful choices Everything that they preached and talked about, they live not perfectly because none of us do. But the more whole you are, the better choices you make when you start looking around for somebody to spend your life with. And if you're not sitting next to the person you're going to spend your life with, you're looking around for someone to spend your life with. Somebody goes, I don't think that Christians should go to young adult ministries to find a mate. I'm like, where are they going to go? So we're so glad that you're here tonight. I want to encourage you. We're going to spend some, just some time in worship if our prayer team can come forward. Um, our prayer team, these are not people who are better than anyone else. It's just people that we know their lives, and we're here to serve you and pray for you. So we would love to do that. If something that Eugene or Angela said stirred up a thought in you, then um, just come up. and We'd love to pray with you and just see what God has to say. So... We're so glad you're here. If you want to stand, we'll just spend some time in worship, and then we'll hang around and talk and finish off whatever pizza's left.